fluent and chill. I'm fluent. He's chill. What's going on, Jay? How you doing, man? Not much, man. Like tone, it's the NTE tournament. Playoffs is coming up soon. This this is this is one of the best times of the year, man. I swear. If is. you if you haven't made your picks already, filled out your brackets. Go back to the last episode. Just scroll down a notch if you're on YouTube, and it's there for you. We made our picks. We went down from the uh, uh, sixteen Sweet Sixteen to the Elite Eight, and we got you down to the Final Four. So you got all the stuff that you need to to win your bracket, to beat your friends, to make yourself look better. So we did that last time. We talked about QBs. Today, we got a we got one that I'm going to get passionate about. I'm not going to lie. Um, it bothered me this week, and I tried not to get into these conversations with people, and I'll explain why when we actually get into it a little bit more. But I did. I fell into the trap. I fell, went down that rabbit hole. So we're going to talk about it. NFL wide receivers on the move. Some big names. Like, like, like I would say maybe two of the top five, three of the top ten wide receivers switch teams. That's crazy. We're going to talk about some NBA matchups. So the playoffs are getting close. Seedings are starting to clear out. So we're going to talk about specific ones. But first, there's been some controversy. Jason Williams, formerly of the Kings, won an NBA championship with the Miami Heat, was on Player's Choice. You were on that episode. Your TikTok sound... Of him saying, just to be clear, I don't know if Kobe's a top five Laker of all time. And you say, that's not ridiculous. Has become a viral sound on TikTok. People have called you out. They thought you were the one saying he's not a top five Laker of all time. All you said was it's not ridiculous. I saw your rebuttal to some of those videos. I hope people saw my video because I think you know where my allegiance lie. I thought I was going to get into a fight today, to be quite honest with you. We, we might. <laughs> we might get into a fight today. But, so. but I'm reasonable, and I know where it came from. So let's talk about it. So Jason Will says Kobe's not a top five Laker all time. I've mm-hmm. talked a lot. I want you to start off. Well, it's exactly what I said, that it's not ridiculous. Tone, I believe that of the, of the teams in NBA history, the Lakers have the most Hall of Famers. No team has more Hall of Famers than the Lakers. But with that being said, that's not it's, it's not ridiculous to say from some people who've been around because so be clear. And I know where your allegiance lies, Tone. I know that you're a Bryant guy and I love Kobe Bryant as well. And I know where your allegiance lies with the Lakers. But just so you know, the Los Angeles Lakers organization did not start in 1996. It was around for over 30, 40, almost 50 more years before that showed up. Before Kobe Bryant showed up, so no, no, it started with it started with my the first guy I ever saw play basketball, and the reason why I'm a Laker fan, 1979, 1980 with Magic Johnson. No, is that not when it started? No, No, thirty more years before that too. So you got a bunch of guys who were really awesome, and you have people who will make an argument for the Diesel, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, uh. Jamal Wilkes, James Worthy. I mean, I could keep going. All of these guys. Now, does I again, I have Kobe Bryant as a top three Laker. I only have him behind Jabal and Magic. That's it. But there are people, just like there's people today, who still see Bob Cousy as 
one of the 10 best point guards in NBA history. I know you already talked to Eddie Oldhead, and I know I don't want you to sit him on me, right? I don't, I don't want you to sit for you. Him. He's coming right. for you. I don't want you now to sit him That's basketball. Right. I don't want you to sit <laughs> him on me. But I think it needs to be understood that as awesome as Kobe Bryant is, there are people who believe, and there are people who will make a strong argument for other great Lakers. Not because Kobe isn't awesome and not because Kobe Bryant isn't one of the five best Lakers, but because their allegiance is with these other great Lakers and because the Lakers have so many great players that you can't just go, yo, it's this guy, yo, it's that guy. Of course you're going to say that if you're 22 because you grew up with him, right? It's, of course you're going to say that if you're 25. Uh, if you're 22, you're probably saying actually LeBron's the greatest Laker of all time. Right. You, you, that's you a whole different argument. Just so you know, George Mikan played for the Lakers. Well, George Mikan played in the 40s, and well, that the and if that's the case, I can make that argument in 30 years about Kobe Bryant. Well, he played in the 90s. That was 50 years ago. But and there's gonna be somebody that comes along who's awesome again. Point is, is there are plenty of people who can make and who will make an argument for other great Lakers. That's not to say that Kobe Bryant isn't a top five Laker because I believe he is. Now, I'll say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you both sides because it's what I grew up watching, right? So I'll say one, I think it is ridiculous to say he's not. I think Jay Will is very, very biased. So in 2001, the sweep, maybe then that's why he's bitter. I don't know. However, let me, let me go back and, and, and say for me, uh-huh. Kobe's the number one Laker of all time, even though on my all-time list, I have Magic and Kareem ahead of him. I can understand why people would have Shaq ahead of him on their all-time list. This is all-time list, not Laker, just all-time list, Mm -hmm. right? For me, I think, you know, I think I got Magic at, sorry, I got Kareem at three, Magic. I think I have gold Lakers. I think I got Kareem, Magic, Kobe in order, three, four, five. So let me, so I understand, but I do, so I'm not totally crazy. I do understand, or maybe it is ridiculous, or it's not ridiculous, because I do understand Uh the case. Uh I do understand the case. If you value, let's say, big men, like centers are the be all and end all. And you went in some order, you know, Kareem, Mike and Shaq, Wilt, Baylor or mm-hmm. West. And then Kobe's at six. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I guess if, if I take my fandom hat off and look at it as strictly as just a basketball guy, right. yeah, could I make a case that Mike and who was the first um, great center, the mm-hmm. first Laker dynasty, Right, the the first three peat, the first team. Granted, it was the, probably the first team, but they're the first team to three peat as champions. Okay, I can have him as a, a greatest Laker. Okay, Shaq. Of course, I can have Shaq as one of the greatest Lakers of all time. Magic, Kareem, sure. Jerry West is the logo. Elgin Baylor is is mo- one of the most underrated. Right, the number one, I believe, number one scoring per game small forward in the history of basketball. Um. Will Chamberlain played there, although not his best years. Sometimes people will say, like, that player was so great, and because he played there, they're the greatest player of all time on that team. There's a difference. There's a difference. I struggle with that yeah, because I – the re- so people are going to say, well, if I have Kobe third on my all-time list, how is he number one as a Laker? Mm-hmm. Here's why. Kareem won a chip somewhere else. He didn't play there his whole career. Magic's career was cut short, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Shaq went and played and won a championship somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Wilt's best years statistically, right, were on other teams. Mm-hmm. 
So, so for me, when I look at it, I say 20 years with the Lakers, five championships, seven finals appearances, you know, an MVP, all the, all the accolades we know about. So for me, that's what puts him, even though Magic's actually my, my, the guy that got me into basketball was my favorite right. player through the eighties and nineties. Right. Um, I have Kobe one for me, but to say, right. but if Kobe's one or if Kobe's five, the Lakers are such a great franchise. You don't right. see it right now, but they're such a great franchise. They've got 20 amazing superstar, like 17 right. chips. Like they've right. got the history. So, well, so maybe I'm backpedaling and I'll say, I guess it it's not ridiculous. Right. To me, it's ridiculous because of, of how I look at it. So, so which one is it? Is it not ridiculous? It's because both. Other, it's, because it's other people, both. Because other people can make an argument for somebody else, but then it's ridiculous for you because you have Kobe on your list of top. It's, it's five not Lakers. ridiculous but, because a case can be made. For right. me, when I look at it by my standards, it's ridiculous because right. I have him one. So I don't know how I could have him one and you could have him six. So for my personal criteria, right. it's ridiculous. But from a basketball, take my feelings out of it. Right. Eh, it's not ridiculous. I don't right. like it. I don't like it. It's not ridiculous. I just I just needed to be understood that when you look at a guy I like, like I, I when I when I look at a guy like him and how awesome he was, what needs to be understood is the difference between a great player and a great Laker. Shaq was a better player. He was only with the Lakers eight years. All right, no question about that. When I look at Jabal, I think Jabal was a better player. He was there fourteen years. That's why I put him ahead of him. I think Magic. The way I've always had this since the beginning of this conversation, not just with you and me, but since the beginning of this conversation, Magic was the most impactful. Jabal was the most dominant. Kobe was the most talented. That's the way I put it. Fair. That's, that's fair. It, that's the way I put it. I just, it. I, I look at it and I think, when I think of the players, right? Like like I said, I have them one. You have them three as Lakers. I can, I can understand Kareem, Magic, and Shaq. Can you make an honest truth? So fourth, I think at worst, that's that's why I say for me, it's almost it does sound a little ridiculous, because can you make a case as a Laker that Wilt, Baylor, West were better than Kobe? Well, as a Laker only, as a Laker only. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you look at when you look at the landscape, and you can make an argument for Elgin Baylor, tone twenty seven and fourteen, he averaged more rebounds than Shaq, made the All NBA team ten straight years. I know Kobe made it 11, but he made the All-NBA team 10 straight years. I'm in the conversation. You're in the conversation, but there's something that you care about that I know you care about. Absolutely. He didn't win. And it goes right here. He didn't win. And how many does he have? Just for the people who don't know, how many? Zero. 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 Not not, not one, not two, zero. So if it's close, and this is what I always say. That's the difference. Because people always say rings, rings don't matter. Yeah, rings matter at the end of the conversation, right? So that's why mm-hmm. the Robert Ori nonsense, right? I say, stop it. Mm-hmm. If they're close statistically accolades, like you just mentioned, well, then what's, what decides between these two players that what's are like separator? this? Right. Well, five rings, zero rings. Mm-hmm. But we talk about this dude in Elgin Baylor, and we talk about Jerry West, who he averaged more points in the playoffs than he did in the regular season, which means my game was raised. I, I raised my game in the playoffs. But once again, what's the separator? We won more than you did. And Tone, you know how I am. I hold rings high. What I hold highest, I hold the fact that is your game timeless? Did you dominate? Did you win? Which is ultimately the result. 
right? Is, is Jerry game, West's game is Jerry West's game timeless? I think Jerry West is 22 to 25 a game in today's game. I think he is awesome today. I think Oscar Robinson is awesome today. If he played today, I think Bill Russell would be awesome today. I'm not listening to none of that garbage about Bill Russell didn't do this or he didn't do that. Let's make sure we 100% clear. Bill Russell was woven into that unit. Bill Russell did what they asked him to do. It wasn't because he was limited. He did what they asked him to do. And the numbers don't show it, but that's what they asked him to do. Listen, so, I, I always make that. I can't argue with that because I make the case for Dennis Rodman all the time that Dennis Rodman, people forget, unorthodox uh, path to the NBA, but he actually scored in college quite a bit. He could score. And first team All-American, just so you know. When he was and on that Pistons team, they said, hey, Joe, Joe and Isaiah do the scoring. Yeah, You and Bill do the dirty work. You get the rebounds. You do, and he said, "Okay." And he I'll excelled it. at it to the point where, mm-hmm. he went, man, I don't need to do anything else. Right. And there were times that you'd want to choke him because he'd get a rebound and he'd be wide open. And you would dribble it out or kick. kick it out. This is what you asking? But me that's to do. just it. He had to right. have that mentality to do the other things. So incredible. Okay, Tom, think about this really quick. I want you to think about the idea that we are having a discussion about a guy who they're going to build a statue of outside the arena one day, who there are some people who will make an argument that he's not the, he's not one of the five best players ever to play. That's how awesome this organization is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, it's, you're not, you're not wrong. So, so to end it, we'll say that this, is it ridiculous to think Kobe's not a top five Laker of all time? It's not ridiculous. I don't like it. How about difference. that? And there's a difference. Okay. There's a difference. There's a difference. All right. Let's go. So we're going to stick in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about my dreaded play-in because I, you know how I feel about the play-in and I don't want to get angry. I want to save my anger for later, which means we're not going to talk about, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the one, two seeds. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the East and the West. So we're not going to talk about Miami who's fighting each other. We're not going to talk about Philly. And then we're not going to talk about Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Atlanta. So if the playoffs started today, mm-hmm. Milwaukee would face Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is young, surprising, mm-hmm. just a really good unit. Mm-hmm. Do they have a shot against the Bucs, the defending champs? I think that they give the Bucs everything that they're looking for. I don't think that the Bucs mock them in a sweep, but I think that they handle them in five, maybe six games. Jared Allen has been out of the lineup. He broke his hand, and I think that that's going to be detrimental to them, even though I believe that he's their big man of the future. I think that they have the pieces that they need, Tone. I think they got their lead guard. I think they've got their big man. I think they got the franchise player in Evan Mobley. I just think that they're young. I think that this Milwaukee Bucks team, LeBron James said it after Milwaukee went in the, uh, I, I want to call it the Staples Center, but the but the crypto, crypto.com crypto. arena. Com yeah. arena yeah. LeBron James said it, quote, we're not that good. And the reason why I'm saying that is the same reason why you guys said about us in 2020 that they're not as good as we are because that's a championship unit. And when I look at Milwaukee, when I look at what Drew Holiday is doing, how much, how solid he is, I look at Middleton, how he could get going at any point. I think Giannis is the best player in the game and they're going to get Compton back, another long ball shooter. I can't tell you how lucky Grayson Allen is for walking into that role where Tone, oh, he basically is what you would have been told if in 20, 25 years ago, where the Milwaukee Bucks told you, Tone, all we need you to do is knock down open shots. Uh, Are you kidding me? Is that it? I would love it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would love yeah, it. So you, all we need My you to life. do is knock, 
Right. Beautiful. That's what they're asking Grayson Allen. My man, we don't need you to be a lockdown defender. We just need you to be solid, and we need you to knock down open shots. I think I can do that. I can and do I that. that I, 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 listen, I'm I'm crazy. I think I can still do that, even though I can't right. run anymore. Right. All right. So it's interesting that you said five or six because I had like I really had the similar think thought where it was like when we look back, we'll say, "Oh, Milwaukee had such an easy run. They beat the Cavs in five. They did this." They, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say when I watch the games, I feel like I'm gonna see they're gonna be really close. They'll probably be mm-hmm. a blowout, but they'll also probably be an overtime game, mm-hmm. right? Like I think they're they're young. They're so young that they'll, they'll probably lose because they need the experience. Yeah. But they're also so young that they won't know any better. They'll be like, hey, let's just go out and 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 do um, just do what we're going to do. And and that's going to give them a fighting chance. But I think the Bucs are just too experienced. They're too strong. They've got too many things on their side. So I think the Bucs in five, but like a closer few games. Like I said, I think there'll be one blowout, but I think – the other games will be like, wow, the Cavs are really showing up. They're really giving them a test. So I, I'm going to enjoy, still enjoy watching that series. The next one, Chicago's kind of come back down to earth. Remember, they were kind of the top seed, the two seed. Everyone's like, oh, it's Chicago. Oh, I love Chicago. Uh, and you're starting to look better because you said they're going to be, what, the five seed, the six seed, I believe, at the beginning I, of the season? I, I actually had them at the, I had them at the seven seed. I you had them at the seven seed? Okay, so Boston, seven Chicago. Seven eight. Wow, Boston who was, I believe, at about 500, I think, to at the All-Star break or, or a little uh, bit earlier. January now, the 9th. January the 9th, Tony, were the ninth seed. Has now taken off. And, of course, people in Boston, who I know quite a few of, are all over the Celtics, are going to win the championship this season. Tatum and Brown. They should pump their brakes a little bit. Easy. Well, how Easy. do they do this round? We don't, we'll talk about the later rounds when we get closer. But Well, I think about what the Chicago Bulls are lacking. All right. I think that they're soft in the middle. I, I dig Vooch as a as a as an interior defender. I dig him on the block. I dig his game on the block. I think that he could score on anybody. I don't think he could score as much. And I think that Robert Williams can handle him. Okay. Robert Williams is one of the better defensive big men in the game. I think he's second in the league in blocks. He's almost Averaging a double-double, he's a guy that I, I look at him like I look at what Cleveland got with Jared Allen. I think he's their big man of the future. I think that they found him. I think that DeRozan and Levine, I think they're an awesome duo. I don't think that they better than Jeff. I don't think they're better than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum simply because Jalen Brown, his ability to defend, I think he trumps all of that. I think that he makes up for whatever they're lacking offensively because if I'm not going to be able to score, I think that he can handle Zach Levine. Tone, I don't like the number of 1 in 16. Well, what is 1 in 16? That means 15 out of the 16 games that the Chicago Bulls have played against playoff teams or winning teams, they've only got one win. I don't like that, Tone. I don't like that at all. The thing that I can, the thing that does concern me though with this series is I'm concerned with Billy Donovan maybe out coaching Udoka. That's mm. the thing that I'm concerned about because okay. Udoka is he's new and he's had he's had to make some adjustments that he didn't make. And because of that, it's cost him some games early. The reason why they've turned this thing around now is because of the way they're defending. That's the difference in what they've been doing. I still think that they are lead guard short of winning the whole thing. I think that they're a, a, a better version of Marcus Smart. Or Rondo, or I don't think they need a superstar league guard. Tom. Right, right. But but Kyle Lowry, they don't. They don't like need. That. They don't need Dame. 
but they, no. need, they need someone who can come in and distribute and maybe yes. give maybe not as much defense as Marcus Smart, but yes. solid defense, right? Absolutely. I will say this. The defense has been the big change that I've seen, but also I've seen the Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum dynamic change. Now, some of that is winning, right? When we're winning, we all love each other. When we're losing... Well, we know what happens, right? That's like what the Heat last night. They lose to the Warriors that don't have Steph, that don't have Clay, that don't have Draymond. Two nights ago, yeah. Tension, ten, yeah, tensions start to rise. Mm-hmm. So I see that they've started winning, and those three seem to be more in sync, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. You brought up Demar and Zach Levine. Demar's playing the best ball out of the four, but if I look at the collective, like the you know who do I pick? I'm going Jalen and Tatum, and because of Brown's defense as well. I think who's the better defender of the four, and that's going to be on the Celtic side. Is he though, Tone? Is, is DeMar DeRozan playing the better? Uh, at a J- I, Jason I think, Tatum. I think, no, I mean, for the, not today. I meant for like for the season, DeMar the season, has played okay. the best. Yeah, uh, DeMar okay. has played the best this uh, season. I can get with that. Okay. But right now, the Celtics are playing better, and when it's playoffs, I always look, again, I always do this. If offense is close, well, what's, what's the other thing? Is defense. Mm-hmm. And if I go with defense, and that was my question, if you remember at the beginning of the season, because I, I think you're right. You had them seven. I think I had them five or six, the Bulls. And my question was, will they be able to defend later on in the season and in the playoffs? Because it's different. It's different in the playoffs. And that's where I think you know, Boston has the edge. In. Yeah. So I think we both probably have Chicago and um, Chicago and Milwaukee uh, in that side. Okay. To the West. Yeah. To the West. Phoenix, my team to make it to the NBA final. The Grizzlies, we're not going to talk about them. We're leaving Minnesota. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got Chicago? Because I got Boston handling them. No, I said Boston. Did I say okay. Chicago? You, no, you no, I got Chicago. Oh, I, okay. my apologies. My apologies. Okay. I got Boston and Mil- okay. Boston, Milwaukee. We yes. both have the green the green teams. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, so we Phoenix, do. Memphis, as I said, um, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the New Orleans is out for this conversation. We're just mm-hmm. talking about Golden State mm-hmm. versus Denver. Utah versus Dallas. We'll start with the Warriors and now the Nuggets. So that that Nuggets Minnesota flip flops, but right now it would be Golden State Denver. Tone, Denver does like Denver way, got a shot? I don't like the way Golden State is going. They're going this way. Curry's well, out. injuries, right? Well, right, and not just injuries. The way that they're playing, I think the way that Coach Kerr handled Clay Thompson coming back, throwing him back in the lineup like he did instead of easing him back. That team was rolling before Clay showed up. Jordan Poole was on his way to being the most improved player. He was one of the better players, better young players in the game. Well, Clay Thompson hadn't played in two years. You're going to throw him right back in the lineup, put him right back in the starting lineup. I think that team was good enough where you could have eased Clay back into the lineup without disrupting any of the play of Jordan Poole and of Gary Payton II. But instead, you kind of disrupted that. But now we're in a position where Draymond's been injured. They're managing Clay better now than they did earlier in the season. Steph is out for the rest of the regular season until the playoffs, which worries me, Tone, simply because when I look at this unit and that Denver matchup is not a good matchup for them starting out with Steph just showing up. I mean, because Jokic causes so many problems. Jokic causes so many problems, not just offensively, but defensively as well. I think the difference with the Warriors and I think why they beat them, I think the difference would be, I think the Denver Nuggets, they don't have enough after Jokic. I mean, I like Mars. I like Will Barton. I like Aaron Gordon. Jamal Murray's not going to be. They're not going to bring Jamal Murray if back. any way Jamal Murray plays, I, I think that completely changes the the narrative. However, 
Right. I, I'm I'm with you. I think the Warriors are just there. There's too many things they're going to throw at Denver at this point, yeah. and 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 they will win the series if everyone comes back and they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Interesting that you brought up Clay. I really thought they were just going to bring in Clay. You know, like 10, 12 minutes a game, shoot a couple of corner threes, get a little run in, like for a couple of months because they were rolling, they were playing so well, and. And I hate that they do this. Well, he's the name. He's the starter. He's getting paid the money. In in you go. And you would have thought they would have figured that out because they kind of did the same thing with Durant. And all that got him was re-injured and out of off the team. Like, and that's yeah. not just the, like it's yeah. just I don't understand the the rush. You know, sometimes I don't understand holding people back because now I'm seeing Zion doing between the legs dunks and going one-on-one with Corey Brewer. And he's like, I'm ready to play. And they won't bring him back. So I just, sometimes I guess, listen, that's the part that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But when I saw that with clay, I'm like two years, like, have you ever taken two years off and then gone try to play? How about taking two years off and trying to do anything? Because because I'll tell you, I did. I think I've told you this. I tore all the ligaments in my ankle, my arch, mm-hmm. and my Achilles, all in one shot. And I was actually never supposed to play again, never supposed to walk without a cane again. Mm-hmm. And so two years go by and I'm like, after I finished crying, it was two years of not <laughs> up tears. I picked up a basketball and I walked out onto a, I was, it was horrible. I'm it sure. was horrible. It, it, it was like really bad. <laughs> And so now, granted, I'm nowhere near the level of athlete and training and and re, you know rehab that those guys went through. I get that, but still, when you're out for two years on that kind of ease back in, there's no way that you can just people don't realize how fast and you know this the speed of the NBA game, because I this is this is an interesting one. You and I have both played with college and NBA players, and and it's one thing when you're kind of playing; it's another thing you scrimmage. Then, then it's another thing when you practice. That first game, that first game is like hyperspeed in comparison to all those other things. And 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 just, I, I guess, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they kind of rushed Clay back. Okay. The next one is Utah. That no man, they were the number one seed last year. They're the four seed this year. No one talks about Utah. Utah versus Dallas. Tony, look at the now. Utah. Now it could be right now. Utah's by a hair, but it's they have the exact same record, but Utah owns the tiebreaker, so it would be Utah's home court advantage. Mm-hmm. That could change, and it could be Dallas's home home court advantage. But let's just say how it is right now. So Utah in Utah has the the advantage. Utah versus Dallas. Two things. Number one, I've always felt like this home court advantage doesn't matter nearly as much to me as it does to other people. I'm, mm-hmm. I've I've always been of the Muhammad Ali mentality. If I'm better than you, I'll whoop you anywhere. Doesn't make a difference where we are. And if you're better than me, you should be able to whoop me anywhere. Doesn't make a difference where we are. Kobe Bryant is a prime example of that. In fact, I am Jordan James. I'd much rather come to your place and do it as opposed to doing it on my home floor. So when I look at this Dallas team, as of right now, Tony, they got the second best defense in the league. The problem that I'm having with Dallas is they're an average team. This year, they're the five seed. Well, you can say that. The Western Conference is that that's what makes the Western Conference so much better. Well, actually, it doesn't because they were the sixth seed last year. And then the year before that, they were the sixth seed. They're a middle of the road playoff team. They got one dynamic guy and they got a bunch of B guys. Now, can this one guy get them out of the first round? No, he hasn't proven that he can do it. 
he hasn't proven that he can do it. When I look at this Utah team tone, I look at a team, and I've said this to you in the past, I think that they're at the end of the line with Quinn Snyder. I think that they've gone as far as they're going to go with him. I yeah. think about – Yeah, you actually I, wanted – you you thought he was going to get fired, like, I, I, this midseason. And I don't think that he's – I don't think that he's terrible as a coach. In fact, I think he's great as a coach. I just think that he's done everything that he's going to be able to do with this team. <laughs> I, what I, I equate him to your Lakers in the 98-99 season when – Dale Harris, this team, we're going to, we're going as far as we have gone with Dale Harris, bringing Phil Jackson in the NBA championship, same talent, same unit, because the philosophy's changed. Philosophy, sometimes that, even the change of voice. Yes. Just... And I think that, I think that that's what the story is with the Utah Jazz. I saw the way that French team was using Rudy. I don't think Rudy's is going to be a different player. I just think that in terms of skill set, I just think that bringing in a different philosophy and using him differently. Same thing with Donovan Mitchell, using these guys differently. I think the talent is there to make a run. I think the problem is, is that that voice, and I think that with Quinn Snyder, I think that they've gone as far as they're going to go with him. But I do think that they beat Dallas in the first round. You got Utah beat them in the first round? I do think that they beat Dallas in the first round. I, I'm, You know what? I think Luca c- listens, understands the narrative and although we all agree his team is average and we agree that the talent surrounding him isn't what it should be if he makes it into the not if when he makes it into his i guess third year in the playoffs and loses in the first round again mm-hmm. people aren't going to look at the team and say oh that team is average they're gonna say oh luca couldn't get it done and and i think he takes if it's possible i think luca takes it to another level and gets through the first round in a really hard series against Utah. How much I, more I think, can he do? Tony averaged 36 I, a game last year against the Clippers, and they still lost. I, no, no, it's not. It's You know it's not just about how much he scores. I think it's going to be more the other things that he does, like getting his teammates involved. He's got it. I, I get it. He doesn't have great – he's got good talent. He's not doesn't have great talent around him. I just – I feel like there's – he's – I don't know. I, this is his moment, I think. I, I know maybe I'm being too harsh and too early, but I think this is a moment where he needs to will his team to one playoff win. That's all he needs. One playoff win. Look, one gonna, series win, okay. He's going to lose right. in the second round. I just, I'm just i telling you, if he doesn't, I, I think he hears the the noise already starting to, like, oh, yeah, he's really great. Yeah, a lot of stats. Da, 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 da. I mean, you can't make it out of the first round. I don't think Dallas has done a good job of building this team. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, think I agree they've with done you. an average to below average job of building this. Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, they got Porzingis. That thing didn't work out. I don't think that they've done a good job of building this unit around him. It looks like what they're trying to do is what the, is, is the mold of what Houston did in the, in the, in the early 90s where they had Vernon Maxwell and Kenny Smith. And right. it, it looks like they're trying to do that. Only except Luca has to be a Lajuan. Right. That's not gonna work. Not no, gonna work. no, it's not gonna work. All right, we're gonna talk a lot more about NBA playoffs as the weeks and the days go by. So let's shift gears a little bit and go to the mm-hmm. NFL. Last episode, we talked about some quarterbacks on the move. This week, I'm gonna bring up four wide receivers, and I'm gonna start with the most recent one because this mm-hmm. one. Uh, listen, when I said this was gonna happen, I didn't think it was gonna happen <laughs> this year. I thought it was going to happen in the uh, this uh, like after tw- this season. So the fact that it happened, where you were going with that too. The fact that it happened, you did. The fact that it happened a year early. Where you were going with that? Tariq Hill, now off the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Now people are going to say, "Oh, it's not." Because I this okay. 
let me go back for the people that didn't watch it. I've said repeatedly, once a quarterback signs that big, huge contract like Patrick Mahomes did, they're not going to be able to afford all their talent around them. And we've seen it with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and others where everyone keeps saying, well, there's not enough talent around them. And I keep saying, well, yeah, it's because the quarterback's making too much money. Now this one, now this one, apparently people want to say, oh, well, it was more about personality. It was about, no, man, at the end of the day, they're going to make up an excuse. But at the end of the day, there was something in that contract, whether it was guaranteed money, length of term. I know people say, but they, they said they were going to make him the highest paid wide receiver in NFL. Yeah. The, the problem is, even if you look at Patrick Mahomes contract, the numbers look big, but look at the guarantees, look at their opportunities to get out of that contract. It actually isn't you know, unless he plays yeah. through all those years and makes all that money. I think they tried to do the same thing with Tariq Hill. He didn't like it. And again, they're, they're, they don't have just all the money in the world. And so now he's in Miami. So we got a team in Miami mm-hmm. with Tua, Waddle, Gasecki, mm-hmm. and now Tariq Hill. Is that going to be a good situation or is this going to be OBJ in Cleveland? Well, I think that what he gives them is he now gives Tua the opportunity to be the quarterback who we thought he, who I thought he could be, right? My my biggest knock on Tua was he may be made of glass. That was it. I never questioned Tua's talent. I never questioned his mobility. I never questioned any of that. Now getting Tariq Hill. Now you got an underneath guy and you got an over-the-top guy who can make plays in a dynamic way. Now he speeds up your offense. And now that helps Tua out so much more. And I think that he gives them an opportunity. I think he gives Tua the opportunity to be the quarterback who they thought that they were getting. I think that's what helps them out the most. Now, we're talking about a guy in Tariq Hill who, you know, four in the last six years, he's he's a 1,000-yard wide receiver. So, he one, he gets open. Two, when he gets open, he makes plays. And that's primarily because of his speed. I mean, the dude runs a 4-2. There's a reason why they call him Cheetah. Don't call him cheater for nothing, right? And I think his I think his underneath play tone is a lot more underrated than we give him credit for. We know he's a deep ball catcher, but his but his play underneath, 10-yard hooks, five-yard outs, slants. I think that he doesn't get nearly enough credit for that stuff because he's so good in those areas. And I think that because he's there, he's gonna give two of the opportunity to show them that they got the right guy. It's it, it's interesting because people always knock Tree Kill for his route running. And then I always, always ask them, I said, listen, like we all agree about it on his speed, but like, how is he always so open? And it's like, cause even if his cuts ain't clean, he's just doing them so much faster than everybody else. He just, he blows by you. And it's interesting. I saw another thing. You brought up his speed, right? It showed, I think it showed Tariq Hill at like four, two something waddle at four, three, something Gasecki at either four, 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 five. Like it was just showing the Miami offense and like, man, that is, they are going to run mm-hmm. the now I don't always I don't want to bring up memes, but I'm going to bring it up in this because I've seen a thousand of them, where you know someone's pretending to be Tariq Kill wide open, and Tua kind of underthrows it. Does he have the arm strength to like maybe not like Patrick Mahomes, but does he have the arm strength to hit Tariq Kill on he a does, fifty so. yard? 
Yes. Uh, post he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, with Tariq Hill signing with Miami, if I'm Tua, I'm getting down to I'm getting down to the facility today. I'm getting Tariq Hill on the phone. We gotta get we we gotta get on the same. Let's page. work on that gotta, timing. Yes, we gotta get on the same page. Because he might not I realize how fast he is, right? Yes, and that like, matters, Tom. Yeah, no, normally, I'm gonna release now. Yeah. But for you know, I'll go one, two, three, throw. No. But with, with with Hill, it's like one, two. I gotta I gotta release it quicker, right? With Pat he's Mahomes, gonna get, he's going to get there. Pat Mahomes, a lot of times, he improvised and he threw Tariq Hill open. And because he's so fast, it he looked just, like it was on a dime. Yeah. No, he just got there and he just threw him open. That's why Tua has to get on the same page with him. This is why I'm thinking, yo, I got to get to the facility. And we, so man, do you, do you like work. the move? I do. You like the move for Miami. Do you like the move for Kansas City? Yes, I do. And the reason why oh. I like the move for Kansas City is simply because of what you just got finished talking to me about, Tone. When we pay in a quarterback, we can't pay everybody. So we're going to have to build this thing through the draft. So what did Kansas City do? Kansas City goes to Miami and they say, all right, I'll take this right here. I'll take this right here. Uh, I'll also take this right here. Thank you. Ray. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is what you want, right? Okay, so I'll also take this right here. They did not hand him over. They went, they went, they went, they went, they went shopping in that draft store. Absolutely, <laughs> they did. And this is how we're going to build it, Tone, because we got a quarterback yeah. who's making over 20% of our salary. So this is how we're going to have to build our team. We got, we're not going to be able to do it through free agency because that contract already kicked in. So this is how this is the only way it's going to work. All right. So uh, listen, I, I don't like it for Kansas City simply because you have one of the best receivers in the NFL, clearly the fastest receiver in the NFL, the most one of the most productive uh, wide receivers in the NFL, and now he's no longer on your team. So hopefully they can they know what they're getting in the draft because that first round pick is it's not it's 29th. It's not like it's it's a high pick, but I see what you're saying. They got they got what they need, which is draft capital and bring their salary down. So they did that way. It's correct. But can you replace a Tariq Hill? Uh, well, answer this question for me, Tom. Do you know where they got Tariq Hill from? From the draft. Yeah, and you, you know when they got him? Did they get in him late? Fi- in the fifth, fifth round. round. He went uh-huh. to West Alabama. Who is this dude? West is Alabama's finest. Right. Okay. There you go. Okay, but hey, but can you can can you lightning strike twice? Like that's uh, hey, that's what you pay. That's you what gotta we find pay out. our GMs for. That's what uh-huh. we pay them for. Do your homework. That's fair. So let's let's stick with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They signed a wide receiver. Um, who as of late. Like when he came onto the scene, we all loved him. Mm-hmm. But as of late, it, you know, he's had more attention for his TikTok dances versus uh, on the field play mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh, Juju Smith Schuster. Mm-hmm. And for the people that want to make a joke, um, it's, you know, Tariq Hill, speaking of, you know, funny things that I've seen on the interwebs, um, it's showing <laughs> Juju and Jackson Mahomes asking Tariq Hill to do a TikTok dance. And that's why Tariq Hill bolts out of the stadium like, no. He's not going to replace He's not gonna replace Tariq Hill. But is Juju a good fit? Are we going to see a, a resurgence of the guy that we saw in the first couple of years? Or is he just, is well, that, is he just done? Let, let, let's start the conversation really quick, Tony, with Ben Roethlisberger should have been going when? Two years ago. He should have been going two years at ago. least. So because he was washed two years ago, I think Juju's play suffered because of that. Okay. Because of who he was and because Ben Roethlisberger was on the decline, Juju's play suffered because of that. Add that to the fact that when Juju was there with Antonio Bryant as the number two, he was awesome. I think he's going into the exact same situation in Kansas City. They run the offense through Kels. He's not the number one. 
Kelsey, Kelsey's going to be the number one. Yeah, Kelsey's going to Juju's going yeah. Juju's to be the two. And I don't think that you deal with nearly as much pressure as the two. Number one, I'm not going to get covered by the number one corner. I don't have to. Jalen Ramsey not coming over here. You know, J.C. Jackson isn't coming over here. Is, gonna are, you, to, are you sure? They're going to have to deal with Kelsey. I, I don't think I don't think they do. I, mm. I, I feel like you're going to, you know, probably a safety. Uh, maybe that's not a good. I just I, I think of what who else is there at wide receiver now? Well, right. there is Juju at the there is Juju at the wide receiver spot. Absolutely, there's so, Juju, I, mm-hmm. and and who else? McCall Hardman is he still there? Yes. Right, Hill's gone, Pringle's gone. Um, not that Pringle was a great receiver, anyways, but I'm just saying it's it was that right. Kelsey, so let's take the Hill. So, so right, so let's so let's take the the number one corner off the let's take the number one corner. So if off the number the, one corner the goes, he can shut down Juju, right? Right, he'll 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 deal with Juju. Okay, so they put everybody let, else let, on let Kelsey. Me, let me rewind that. Right. <laughs> But with that also being said, Tom, I think that he gives them I think he gives them a dynamic and their offense that helps them out. I mean, he's don't get me wrong, Juju is not Tariq, but he gives them that underneath help. Okay. And I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be so much better with Patrick Mahomes than he was with Ben Roethlisberger, who was washed two years ago. Tom, let's make sure we 100 percent clear. There is no way as a Pittsburgh Steeler organization, you could lose Juju to Jacksonville. You could lose him to Maybe not even not Miami. You could lose him to one of the lesser teams. Juju cannot walk out the front door to Kansas City for ten million dollars. Yeah, I know you. Don't, yeah, I know you don't. I know you don't like that, especially oh, that where they're going to be. Nuts, but, but I will listen. I'm going to double down on what I said, which is the second Mahomes signed that contract. I said the team's going to going to take a fall. So here it is. He's got the four straight AFC Championship games. I'm telling you today, he will not be in the the Chiefs will not be in the AFC Championships game this year, and it's because they have no running game. They still don't have a defense. Um, because they've even lost their best player on the defensive side of the ball. I think Chris Jones, Chris Jones. Um, and now they've lost their best wide receiver. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, who admittedly isn't the greatest at reading defenses with Travis Kelsey and Juju as your number one wide receiver. That's not enough in today's AFC. Have you seen how good the AFC is? That's just that not division good. alone, not that, just the AFC, that division yeah, alone. They're just not going to. So let's stay in that division. Mm-hmm. Another quarterback. Took $250 million, didn't care about his teammates because he thought, ah, he'll play on the franchise tag. Devontae Adams said, no, I won't. No, I will not. You know what? <laughs> send, me, send me back. To, let me reunite me with my old college quarterback. I'm, I'm going to Las Vegas. Devontae Adams to the Raiders might be the biggest move of the offseason for wide receivers because he is, I don't know if it's even arguably, I think it's a consensus that Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Now, how much, of that, how much of that is Aaron Rodgers? How much of that is Devontae Adams? Well, we're about to find out. Mm-hmm. Is he still the same Devontae Adams? We're about to find out, right? I, he's still young, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So Devontae Adams to the Raiders with this move of Tariq Hill now moving out of the AFC West. I know you got the Chargers at one. Does this now move, does this now going, move, good. Yeah, does this now move the Raiders to two? Well, when I think about... Devontae Adams getting back with Derek Carr, I immediately think about how'd that work out in Cincinnati? Because last I checked, I mean, Jamal Chase, he just reunited with the guy who was throwing him the football in college. And that looked like that worked out pretty good. It worked out pretty good. Looked like it worked out pretty good. When I think about Devontae Adams, one of the most dynamic wide receivers, you said this to me, Tone, months ago. You almost put Derek Carr, what he did with that Raider team, 
on the same page with what DeMar DeRozan was doing with the Bulls, where he was holding that team together with glue yeah. and tape. That, so they went that, through a hellacious season last year with coaching and player stuff, just oh so much God. off the field stuff. It was nuts. So when I think about now adding what they've added in Devontae Adams, who, I mean, the consensus is, I don't really like to, to, to agree with the consensus unless I've done my homework. And I can be honest, Devontae Adams is the best wide out in the game. I can absolutely add. So if I'm Derek Carr and I'm not just getting my old college wide receiver, I'm getting the best wide out in the game. We have to be better as an offense. With Waller, we yep. have to be – we will be a better offense, no question about that. Don't forget Josh McDaniels. They also have an offensive genius, I guess, if you want to call him mm-hmm. that, as coming in as head coach. I'll say this. I don't think Devontae Adams, people are going to expect him to have like big numbers, like you mentioned the Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase thing. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to have a really good, solid year. However, I look at the offense with Adams, Renfrew, Waller, and Josh Jacobs. I think they all get a bump up because the attention is going to move over to, to Adams. And, you know, I, I've said this, people, I, I can't believe people push back on this. I said, watch for Josh Jacobs to have his best year out of his young career because you got to cover Adams. You got to cover Renfrew out of the slot. You got to cover Waller. Well, guess what? Who's going to be left in the box to, to stop Jacobs? It's a hard runner. I, I think he has a really big year. I think so too, Tony. And, uh, but the problem that we have in is, is that the AFC West is a nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> you might win 11 games and not make the playoffs. That's realistic. That's not ridiculous. You might have that. you might have four teams that all make the playoffs. Which I was going to ask you that, being a football guy, has that ever happened where the entire division Never. made the playoffs? Never. It couldn't happen before. It, right. it, could, it couldn't happen because of the way it was set up with only six teams. But right. now with seven, it, it, we, we talked about it. Players. We talked about it when the with the NFC West last season, right. where four teams might make it. And let's be honest: if it wasn't for a Russell Wilson injury, yeah, all four teams really could have shot. made it. Really so, uh, assuming the AFC West stays healthy, just think about it. We're not even talking about who's probably going to be the fourth place team. It's Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Unbelievable. That's, that's the like fourth. That. That's probably going to be their fourth place team. That's yes. a good team. That's a good team. Yeah, good team. So, there's one more wide receiver move i i love the move by the way with Devonte adams even though it's to the afc west mm-hmm. which i i man if i if i was still playing football and someone wanted to give me a contract i would i would only sign with an nfc team <laughs> not sign with an afc team so let's move to the nfc because i don't even know how they do this the the, the, the it's like the rich keep getting richer oh obj is hurt no problem We'll just sign Allen Robinson, a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, by the way, I know we're, we're talking wide receivers, but we'll also bring in Bobby Wagner for an interview just to shore up our defense a little bit because we lost Von Miller to the Bills. Yeah, if they make that signing. Uh, but anyways, Allen Robinson, who has had the worst luck, the worst luck with quarterbacks since high school. If I told you the list of the Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky's, Nick Foles, uh, that, that that have he's paid, played with. It's a list of the who's not a great quarterback. And, and I mean, even college and high school, go look it up. Matthew Stafford, who I, you know, I pick on Matthew Stafford. He is by far the best quarterback he's ever had. And now with Sean McVay, who showed us he can make an offense work, with Cooper Cup 
who was the best wide receiver in the NFL last year by far. Um, does this affect his? Like, does he benefit the most, or do the Rams benefit the most? Him and, and Stafford benefit the most from this signing. I think that the Rams benefit the most because Allen Robinson is already who he is. We're talking about a guy, just so you know, Tony, I led the league in touchdowns with Blake Bortles. All right. I want to make sure we're clear on that. I led the league in touchdowns with Blake Bortles. So Matt Stafford is without a doubt the best quarterback that I've had in my eight year career. Going into my eighth year in the NFL, he's the best, my ninth year in the NFL, he's the best quarterback that I've had. So you saw what Matt Stafford did last year. Okay, sure, Tone. You stay on his case. I stay. I don't stay on his case, but I, I I have been critical of him. He did lead the league in interception. He also threw 41 touchdowns last year, too, right? And he now has a guy in Allen Robinson who is one of the better deep threat guys. He's one of the better rock runners in the game. I always looked at him in Chicago and thought, man, if they could get him a solid quarterback, mm-hmm. a solid quarterback, they could really make some noise in that division. And now for him being in the NFC West, he's definitely he's definitely more of a benefit to them than they are to him. Because I do what I do wherever I am. Yeah, fair. Wherever I am, I do my thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, Allen Robinson, I've always – people underestimate how good he is, and I always bring up, look how much – look at his production with the quarterbacks, with the offenses he's in, on the teams that he's on. It's been incredible. So I think that's a great – situation for him uh with the rams and i think we're finally going to see i think the alan robinson that i know um who he is all right so that's the nfl for this week we got one big question in mail drop and here it is i told you i went down this rabbit hole i didn't want to do it i try not to i try not to respond I went. I started off responding to everybody, and then I was like, "I'm not responding to anybody that says this stuff." However, it got sent through, and I was like, "All right, well, we had the discussion, and now it's sent through in the Q and A. So let's 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 tackle it." This is framed as a question, but it was a comment as a a fact. It was put out as a fact. That's yeah. You know, I love when people say their opinion and say that's just fact, right? The sky is purple every Tuesday of the fourth month. That's fact. No. Was the 90s, so I'm going to phrase it as a question. Was the 90s NBA watered down because of expansion? Tony, That's you can a make that fact. I don't know if it's a fact, but you could definitely make that argument. And the reason why you can make that argument is simply because of the exact thing that was going on in the 60s. We only had 18 19 where the best competition you saw that on the regular well from 1988 to 1996 that's an eight-year span yeah six new teams coming to the league six new teams so when these new teams come into the league they pluck away from the championship teams when they have the expansion draft so now and you don't get my best players but you get a lot of my better players you get from the worst teams. you get you get the unprotected bottom players that that weren't even getting minutes Come on, what great? Well, yeah, give me name me one great player that was plucked away from the from from an expansion team. One great player, I can't name you one. Great yeah, I know. Player. When I think about, <laughs> I know. Not, With the not, and, and keep this in mind too. Keep this in mind too. Um, in those in during those years, did you know the expansion teams couldn't get the number one overall pick? I did know that. You know how yeah. I know that because the Toronto Raptors would have uh, had Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. And instead, and, and no offense to Marcus Camby, instead they had to pick up Marcus Camby. Right, that, that's a bit. Of, that's Camby. a bit of a difference in level of talent. All right, so you you say uh, it, it it could okay. Let me let me stop because now you got me 
I'm already starting to boil over because the argument was the expansion watered down the league. And it was only in the nineties that the, the league was watered down because of this. And, and cause of those teams were terrible. Mm-hmm. And then the last point that was made in the argument was, you know, just look at it. There was no, no team had more than one hall of famer, which I want to stab people in the eye when they say that, because one, there's no active team that has any hall of famers. Let's start there. And they're going to say, Oh, hall of fame talent. I said, hall of fame talent. So Shaq on the Cavs with LeBron was a hall of famer. No, he was not. Well, yes, he was. He's a hall of famer. So well, that, he is, but he was over. But Let's that's, that's my point is, they they look at that. So so I want to I want to kind of tackle all those things. So one, the way that the draft or the way that the expansion happened. So in '88, two teams come in. Miami or, and Charlotte. It was Miami and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. How did Miami and Charlotte do within two three years? Well, they had the they had the worst record in the league in the first year that they came in. Also, Charlotte was trash. Actually, the Nets had the worst uh, the worst record, and then the next year it was the Nuggets. And by year three, Miami was the eighth seed and in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs. but And by the fourth year, Charlotte was the fifth seed in the East. So they were making the playoffs. So are, so are they terrible if they're making the playoffs? No, they're not terrible. They're not terrible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the year after uh, that, and, and just to keep in mind, when Miami and Charlotte come in, one's in the East, one's in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's not Miami like was in the, Miami was in the Western Conference, by the way. Miami was, was in the Western nuts. Conference, which That's makes nuts. absolutely no sense. Right. But, that, but the thing was, the argument that was being made again, I'm, I am talking, I know it's a mail drop question, but I'm adding in what was for context, what was in the, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, they were both in the East and that's why the bulls had it easy. No, they weren't. And as a matter of fact, that year was actually Detroit who won the championship. But anyways, so then the next year where they bring in Orlando and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Now Orlando and Minnesota aren't great, but they're also not the last place team in the league. And then I think in 95, it's the Raptors and the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you know what else happened between the late kind of ninety and and ninety five? The most international players had started to come into the league, especially because mm-hmm. the ninety two Dream Team. You know, it started. So now you had way more international players coming in. Mm-hmm. The draft was filled now with underclassmen who were really good. It was filled with high school students like Kevin Garnett, like Kobe Bryant. I get it; mm-hmm. that was middle of the nineties, but still. Who were were they pretty good? Oh, they, they were pretty good. They turned out pretty good, yeah. So so was it watered down? Well, yeah, there was more than eight teams in the league, sure. But was there is there not enough talent to field in the playoffs? It's only what eight, nine man rotation. You tell me the teams were maybe maybe player listen, I'll agree. Were players 12, you know, 13, 14, 15 as good as maybe they were in 1985? No, probably not. But does that matter? The players 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, really in the playoffs at all? No. No. So the last part was, well, every team only had one kind of superstar, maybe two, right? There's Carmelo and John Stockton, Pippen and Jordan. So let's run down superstars today on teams. Mm-hmm. Just really, really fast because we have one minute left. Miami. How many superstars on Miami? Zero. Zero. Jimmy Butler, borderline. Jimmy Butler, star. Philadelphia, how many superstars? One, Embiid. And I'm just going through. No, well, James Harden. Right? Borderline. All right. Okay, Milwaukee. One. Boston. None. Two halves. Chicago. None. Cleveland. None. 
Toronto. None. Brooklyn. Two. Charlotte. Zero. Atlanta. Zero. Trey. Yeah, Trey's Trey budding. He's budding. He's, he's budding. He's not, he's yeah. not a superstar yeah. yet, but he's yeah. close. New York. Zero. Washington. Zero. Beal? No. No. Close? Not okay. a superstar. No. Indiana. Zero. Detroit. Zero. Orlando. Zero. Phoenix. Close to two. I think. I think I'll get Booker and Paul too, right? Is, One's Booker older though. One's uh-huh. 37 years old. Yeah. Memphis. Zero. One. Stop it. John Moretz. Ja is not a superstar. No, he's not. He <laughs> right, gained, go- he's, he's becoming that. Golden State. One. Utah. Zero. They don't have any superstars. Dallas. One. Denver. One. Minnesota. Zero. They're the closest to maybe having two if those when those two guys get older, Cat and, when, and Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards. But right now, the Clippers. Zero. The Lakers. One. The Lakers have three. They're just not playing like superstars. They got but, one guy. That's it. Right. James. Anthony, that's Anthony it. Davis. Anthony Davis when he I'm played. Okay. Day-to-day Davis. I'm going to give him two. New Orleans. Zero. San Antonio. Zero. Portland. I know Dame's out for the season, but assuming he's healthy, one, one. right? One. Mm-hmm. Sacramento. Zero. Oklahoma City. Zero. Houston. Zero. So where's this huge influx of superstars that make today's NBA so much more difficult and the 90s era? So my issue isn't this. I'm not saying that today's basketball isn't better, that today's teams aren't better. They're not more skilled. They're not more. I'm not saying any of that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is to say that the 90s, the 80s, whatever, the 10s, the 2000s, to say that any era, any decade was trash because there was no good teams and there was no good. In the 90s were the teams, the team dichotomy stronger and better than the individual stars? I would say so. But if I just, if I ran through that list and I'm just using it because they're picking, I'm not defending. It always feels like I'm defending the 90s. I'm not defending the 90s. I'm just telling you that when you say it was trash and there were plumbers and there was no good teams and well, that's just nonsense. And I have to defend it because it's wrong. I would do the same thing if you said the 2000s were trash, if you said the 2010s were trash. For people who say the 2020s, today's game, there's people, there's older guys who say, I agree with you, fluent. The 2020s suck. I'm like, I don't think that. I love I love basketball today. <laughs> I think basketball has more talent today than it's ever had. And the and the game itself is fun to watch. And there's 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 more, it's in good hands. Like I see all the young superstars coming, like you heard me say about Jaw and Trey. I love Luca. I love what, what's happening. So if you said it about the 2020s, I defend that too. If you said it about the 60s, the 70s, I don't care what. If you take any decade and say it was trash, that I'm going to defend it. And it just happens to be everyone's picking on the 90s because they have an ulterior motive, which is they're trying to say Jordan stunk because he didn't play against anybody. Let's, that's that's what they're nuts. trying to say. I wish they would nuts. just come out and say it. Yeah. Because so, when I look at... If I, if I did that exact same thing with the teams in the 90s, we would have just as many when we were talking about Olajuwon and Jordan and Barkley and Ewing and Malone and Stockton. And like Kobe and Shaq played did. in the 90s, my friends. So did, did David Robinson. Mm-hmm. The amount of really good – Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, maybe not superstars, but it's the same kind of conversation that we're having today. Mm-hmm. Guys, it was the same. It's not that it was better or worse. It was about the same – distribution of talent just so y'all know this I, i'm just stepping back and letting tone be letting tone get it because 
I can't fight this. I can't. Thank you. I was going to point to you over here. I can't fight this. All right. I'm going to (laughs) go meditate and do some yoga, and I will let you (laughs) send us off until the next Monday, fluent and chill live on TikTok at 8 p.m., Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm going to start doing segments. You guys asked for it. So go to Chilltown Hoops, where you are probably right now. Go to Chilltown or stay on Chilltown. You will see the full episode, and then you'll see the segments of each thing. And I'm, I'm throwing in some shorts. I'm trying some shorts. We're going to see. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like future in uh, 8 Mile. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. But until then. Take it light. But take it. Oh.